Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Shauna Spickard. Shauna is the superintendent of DeWitt Public Schools and she served in education since 1997 and has been a teacher, a middle school principal, an adjunct professor, and now is serving her first year as superintendent or coming up second year with DeWitt Public Schools. Spickard was an active member with both the state and national principals associations, MEMSPA, past president, NAESP, state rep, nationally certified mentor and coach. In addition, Shauna speaks around the state and country on education leadership topics. Her education includes a doctorate and specialist in education leadership, a master's degree in communication and two bachelor's degrees in education and communication. Spickard now lives in DeWitt with her husband, Mac, who is an attorney by trade, a military lifer and works in banking compliance. They are new to empty nesting as their son just started at Michigan Tech University studying mechanical engineering and their daughter is in her third year at Michigan State University studying secondary education. Uh, Shauna, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love chatting around. Um, there's something about educational leaders. I just really enjoy talking with people who have chosen to really, uh, you know, feel really called to education and chosen to pursue investing in young people. So thank you for what you do. If you can start off by giving our listeners a little bit of a window into Shauna's world right now in terms of your role and what you're doing. So as you said, I just took my first superintendency. So I was hired um, this summer and this fall just started with DeWitt Public Schools. So we have about 3,200 students in our district. We have six school buildings and um, we really work on excellence here. So we're very fortunate. One of our biggest points of pride is we have a lot of offerings for our students and they really excel in the arts and the athletics and academics. And so I'm just really thrilled to be here. It's a great place to be. Yeah, wonderful. Great to get to know a little bit about where you are. And uh, now let's hear a bit of your story. I'm really, really interested. Uh, as I always say, you can go back as far as you want to childhood. And it's amazing how some of the stories that, that really shape us come from when we're really young. Um, uh, in the last mm -hmm. episode, actually, the the uh, when when we were having a chat with uh, with Dr. Tom Wright, he was talking around how he was five, and it was his grandma um, coming to live with his family. She spoke no English; he spoke no Italian uh, when he was five, and that's where he he really looks back and sees when he first found his sort of calling for senior living. So, um, yeah, feel free to go back as far as you want, and and just any moments that have really shaped you into the person and the leader you are today, Shauna? So it's it's kind of a long journey, um, and I've been very fortunate that it's been others who've really saw the leadership in me before I saw it in myself. So back when I was in 
elementary school, I was actually a teacher for, for church. So I taught Sunday school. And um, a lot of them were my peers that I was teaching, but we didn't have people who were interested in teaching Sunday school. So that's something that I had done. And the congregation would always tell me that, you know, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be a teacher. And I would say, no, I'm going to be a lawyer and become the first, um, you know, female president of the United States. And so that was kind of my aspirations <laughs> as a young kid. But um, as as my schooling went on and had some really fantastic teachers and mentors and some not so great teachers um, had decided that actually it was the avenue that I wanted to pursue. So um, I did go in um, and I, I was interested in French at first, but then moved to English and then a degree that was comprehensive of not only English, but journalism, drama um, and, and communication. So when I graduated, I was offered a job where I was student teaching and was able to, to teach there. But I um, had gone through a divorce and my my journey and my life journey kind of had changed and decided to go back to school. So I moved to uh, Michigan to do to do some grad work here and um, fell in love. And it's that um, man, Mac, who pretty much saw a lot of potential in me, knew that I had aspirations to do more and pushed me to to not only finish my master's, but um, pursue a specialist and doctorate and um, really pushed me into looking at education leadership because of um, being a teacher leader. Um, additionally, I had principal um, who thought that um, I should take a look at administration. So through their mentoring and suggestions um, did kind of go that avenue. So um, I did teach for about eight years prior to going into administration, but loved it. Uh, middle school principal for 15 years. And through that became really, really involved. So as you said in the introduction, was involved with MEMSPA, which is Michigan Elementary Middle School Principals Association. And through that and their, um, their national partnership of NAESP, um, just really got involved. Uh, helping lead learning, helping aspire other leaders, teacher leaders. And that's that was my life for the last 15 years, um, whether it was working through the associations or mentoring or helping develop other teachers or other administration, uh, uh, other administrators. Um, I was really passionate about that. And so about two years ago, it came to trying to decide where to go next, what I wanted to do. I had taken on a lot in the last six years, including teaching at the college level, um, and like I said, the mentoring and traveling around uh, the country to do to do mentoring and training. And um, my husband said, you really need to be looking at superintendencies or my former superintendent would, was like, why aren't you a superintendent yet? So um, I, I think it was them pushing me to take a look at that. Um, and also me knowing that I was taking on so much because there was still something missing. And I think for female leaders, sometimes we feel that we don't have necessarily the confidence to go to that next level. And I think through um, several mentors, um, female and male, just really saying, you know what, you can do this. You have the skills. You would be great at this. And um, I really appreciate um, that encouragement because I think that, you know, the research suggests that females don't necessarily go for jobs because 
they don't have the experience yet where men will apply for jobs that are above their experience, but they have the confidence to do so. So here I am. Um, I applied for, for lots of smaller districts and um, didn't necessarily fit my uh, ideology or what I was looking for. And through some pushing, um, applied at DeWitt, even though it was a larger district than where I had been through encouragement of a lot of people around me. And I really did not think that, uh, you know, I was their candidate, but I'm sitting in this chair now and I'm very, very fortunate to be here. And uh, it's, I think one thing that it's important to say is that you never know, you never know. So here I am. <laughs> well, congratulations on this role and thank you for sharing your story. I, what I love about your story is how relatable I, I think, um, I think there could be a lot of listeners, like you said, uh, as we were saying before we started recording, um, I think there could be a lot of women uh, listening who might be leaning in a little bit closer to Shauna's story because something about it resonates with them. And yeah, I just think that's wonderful. I think, uh, I think we should, I think we should encourage that. And, and the way to do that is to hear a bit more of, of your story. Uh, I'm interested to know when you were first stepping out and you had these one, you've got these wonderful people around you investing in you and encouraging you, particularly Mac, uh, your husband. Do you remember mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. first I, I, I'm, all, I'm just thinking of that transition when you went, when you actually went, people were saying, come on, Shauna, you can do this step into leadership roles. And it sort of clicked for you and, and you decided to step out and, and, and have a go. And do you remember, do you remember what that was or what, what led you to actually sort of take that step, whether it was in the middle school principal time, or if it was about this role or even further back? I think it was probably when I, uh, the first principalship that I applied for. So what was funny is that um, my husband kept sending me postings and I kept forwarding them to a friend that I knew that was interested. Um, and so he landed a, a principalship, but then um, one, one in our district had opened up and he said, you really need to apply for this. So, um, so, so I did. And I, I loved it. So all of my experience up until that point had been secondary. So at the high school, I mostly taught seniors, although I had some um, some 10th graders, some 11th graders, but most mostly seniors. And I really never wanted to leave that because I felt like that was my calling. And um, I loved teaching, teaching seniors and the relationships that I had with them. But when I got to the middle school, I really felt at home. Um, so as much as I love teaching seniors, I think that there's something about the adolescent, the, you know, my first building was fifth through eighth grade and, um, how, how squirrely they are and how much fun they are and silly they are. And I felt like, you know, I could be my silly self and that was, that was okay. And, um, so I think that was probably the first time when I decided to step out and really not only enjoyed it, but felt like. It was the first time to where I could use some of, of my skills to help support, to support others and um, was really able to, to grow from that. You know, one of the things that I didn't mention in my, my leadership journey is that my parents were, even though blue, both blue collar workers had worked themselves up to, to leaders. So um, very much servant leaders. And that's something I think that has always stuck with me. So no matter where I've been, whether it's been as a teacher or principal or here as a, as a superintendent, 
that servant leadership is really, really important to me that I am here serving, not only leading, but serving others. And, um, and, and that's the first time the bucket was filled, taking on that principalship because I had a large staff and um, students who were counting on me that I needed to make sure that I was, I was serving to, to help them get to, to their fullest potential. So um, yeah, it would definitely have been leaving the, the teaching profession, which I loved so much to, um, to, to become a building leader. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, that's, that's a significant move that you made. What, what advice would you give to a, uh, you know, to a, to a, a, a female leader or maybe even someone out there and she is going, Oh, I don't know, Shauna, I, I've got people saying the same things around me, but I'm, I'm, I don't feel that confidence. What advice would you give around how to uh, step up, when to step up? Like just any, any advice to um, female leaders, young or old, who feel like maybe I, maybe I should actually step out like Shauna did. Well, I think no matter what you take on, and so I'm going to compare it to teaching because that's my world, but no matter what job you take on, that first year you learn more actually doing than what you've done in whatever training or professional development or reading or schooling that you've done. And so the, the fact of the matter is, is that you just have to be brave enough to just do it. And as you're doing it, to be open to learning, being open to, you know, criticism, to development and feedback, um, you know, take the praise. Don't just brush off the praise. Take the praise and know that those are things that you're doing well. But I think the biggest advice is, you know, <laughs> not to to give Nike more um, advertisement, but just do it, you know, get get in there, do it, figure, you'll figure it out. And that's why I think what a lot of men do, right? They just, they just go for it. They do it. And mm. so, um, and what I was trying to do is I, I enrolled and graduated from an aspiring soups Academy. I did professional developments, which were all really great and helping develop me. But, um, you know, I think I would have just kept taking schooling, taking schooling and, you know, just jumping in was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. Great advice. Just do it. I think. And I think that's, <laughs> I, th I think that's great advice because there is a point where you just got to, um, you just got to step out. And, and that's what I love about having these conversations is I know there'll be people listening going, oh man, that's, that's what I need to do. I need to just do it. I've been putting it off and now I turn this on and listen to this and I'm like, yep. Um, if we go back to your parents and, uh, I, I love how you mentioned them as servant leaders, what, uh, I guess, a couple of things, um, are there any stories that come to mind of how they lived and, and uh, like as leaders, because obviously they really inspired you and, and I can hear that the way you lead now as a superintendent and the way you've, you've led in mentoring and uh, obviously there's a lot of that that comes from how they how they uh, how they lived out servant leadership. Are there any stories that come to mind of your mm -hmm. parents that that really stand out as oh, examples yeah. of servant leadership? Yeah, very much so. So my dad, um, he and his brother went out and started a sawmill, and um, my dad would always make sure that, especially for the holidays, that his his work crew would have. 
um, their Thanksgiving dinners, you know, a turkey or a ham or whatever it was. And, and he was always, you know, he, he used to cook in the army and would always cook for the army and um, take in lots, lots of food. So he kind of, he did that. But I know that, you know, if they ever needed a loan or some help or support or even a car, you know, my dad was there helping support um, the guys that worked for him. And my mom, you know, I can remember, so my mom worked third shift. My dad kind of was the one who would get us ready for school and everything. But uh, my mom would uh, stay up when she would get home from work to make cakes. She would bake and decorate cakes to take to work that following day for the people on her crew's birthday. So she started out right out of high school as a, as um, just a line an assembly line at a lamp plant. And she worked her way up. Finally, she was the only female foreman, the only foreman without a college education. Um, but she really loved wow. and cared for her employees. And, and I just remember her slaving over, you know, um, in the kitchen, making sure that everybody on their birthday had a, a cake made with love from her. Um, and so those are just stories and they're around food. So our family um, loves food, obviously, but uh, that's one of the ways that we, sh we show love, we show care. And um, mm. those are definitely memories that I have of my parents. Yeah. They're beautiful stories and uh, the simplicity of those, <laughs> like often, often we're talking about leadership and it's like, uh, you know, we, it's culture and, and strategy and these words that sometimes we go, yeah, yeah. And then you think, uh, what does that mean? And then you tell a story around baking a cake, every, you know, for the for people's birthday on your team and you go, yeah, that's that's like there's something in that. that it's the simplicity of that that's, um, that's what it looks like to serve your people and to invest in them. Mm-hmm. The other thing I love about that is I personally, uh, I don't know if you know about the five love languages. I think it's Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think there are seven love languages. There's the there's the five that already exist, but I think food and coffee potentially <laughs> deserve their, <laughs> and I'm married into a own Greek. category. <laughs> they deserve their own category because I'm listening to you tell that story and I'm going, mm-hmm, because I just, I love like, uh, I think uh, definitely for me, food is one of my, uh, Definitely for my, for my wife and I, uh, Liz and I just love anything with food is a, uh, <laughs> is sort of anywhere we go or anything. It's always centered around food. Mm -hmm. So I also love that around, around your story. It's, it's definitely a sub subcategory of the gift, um, love language, but uh, yeah, I yes. would agree with you that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you now? Um, you know, and in your previous roles, what have you seen around, uh, I, I love that bake, like baking a cake. I just there's something about that that's just so uh, profound as a as a an example of how to appreciate your people. What are your baking like? What are your sort of baking a cake <laughs> strategies for for appreciating your people? What have you seen work really well um, in previous roles, and what are you taking into? What have you taken into this role as a, as some strategies and and sort of concrete ways to appreciate your people? In this role with more staff, it's a it's a lot more difficult um, to think about those tokens of, of appreciation. So in central office, we ha we have a, a smaller group and it, it is a little bit more difficult. Now, before as being a building leader, you know, I would make sure.
Okay. So I think that it's important to make sure that you include all members of your 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 staff or your unit, um, because it's not just here at the schools. Educators, while they're a very important component, we have we have our bus drivers and our food service and our custodians and our office staff and so our para paraprofessionals and all of our support staff. And so in my former um, two districts, you know, I'd make sure that whatever, whether it was a holiday or Appreciation Day, that I would work really hard to make sure that everybody uh, was was included. And so it might be candy or food like we talked about, but sometimes just personal notes. You know, during the pandemic, uh, my last staff, I think six different times I sent personal letters to um, all of my staff, just words of encouragement or gratitude for what they were doing for our, for our students. And so I think being here at a larger district, that is one thing that I carry over is to try to continue to make sure that um, that I use those words of praise and encouragement and appreciation, but that I'm also trying to, to follow that with actions to show that um, I really support everything that we're doing here. Yeah, I, I love the personal note um, that you mentioned. I've shared this story before on, on the podcast, but one of my favorite leadership stories that's really stuck with me uh, is when I was listening to uh, an Andy Stanley leadership podcast where he interviewed a, uh, a leader and his name escapes me, but he used to be the CEO of Home Depot. Um, and he mm -hmm. talked about how, you know, 300,000 staff, one thing that he would do as a way of, you know, he was connecting it to vision. Uh, but I love it because it's literally writing personal notes. He would handwrite personal notes to people when he heard a story of someone having... Um, just doing incredible customer service somewhere on the front line, even in another country, you know, he would write a handwritten note and it would get sent to them. And, uh, and he knew it was important, but then he found out people, people were actually framing these because it was, they couldn't believe oh, wow. that, that they were, you know, they would just go the extra mile, help someone go back to their house to, you know, to, to, to help someone who couldn't, couldn't get something unpacked themselves. And they would just go the extra mile and not think much of it. But their leader would then pass it up the line. It would end up with the CEO and he would write something to them. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the funniest story was how someone could not believe, you know, they were so cynical that nah, there's no way this is, they're using a handwritten sort of software program to make it look like it's handwritten, it's not him. So in front of his workmates, he took his letter that he'd gotten and he put it in water to say, look, um, the ink won't run because this isn't handwritten. As soon as he put it in water, all the ink ran off. And straight, oh, <laughs> says, no. straight away, he got in contact with the CEO, very embarrassed and ashamed and said, I am so sorry. I didn't believe you really had written that. Could you, any chance you could write that again for me? Write it um, again. <laughs> because I want to fr frame it. And um and I, that just really stuck with me because it's like such a big organization and such a small gesture. But from memory, he would write, you know, mm -hmm. which I think is, it, he seems like a pretty extreme guy, but he would do about 100 a week. Um, and so these just, wow. he would do half a day just nonstop writing these. And that was his way of connecting to the front line as well as going on the, actually going for walks and there's other things. It's a great podcast. So I, I, I should um, find the link and, and share it at some point with people. But he, that story has really stuck with me around personal notes. Mm -hmm. It's a great story. What about um, 
I, I guess for for you, you've talked about your parents and and you've talked about Mac. What about uh, the great leaders and mentors that you've had who you've watched and just been, I guess you've just really uh, learnt a lot from how they've led. Are there any leaders who come to mind who have been wonderful mentors in the leadership space? Well, gosh, I've had I've had so many, but one that's a true mentor and coach to me. Um, her name is Debbie, Debbie Macfalone, and she's a consultant, um, and she works a lot through MEMSPA um, with professional development. She's written a book. Um, gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. Lead, lead, lead well. Live, live well. Lead well. I think I've got it. My book my bookshelf, but um, I don't have time to run over there and get it. But um, she's just a fantastic um, person. And when I was going through different interview searches and, um, you know, I kept coming up final two, final two, final two, um, I didn't have the experience, right? And that's one of the reasons why I almost didn't apply for DeWitt because they're a large enough school district that I thought that they would want somebody with superintendent or at least central office experience. And, um, you know, she was my cheerleader through all of that, but, you know, she's, she, um, she's kind of the person that like when I retire, I want to be like Debbie. <laughs> so she's, she's encouraging and supporting other, other leaders, uh, a coach to others and just probably the kindest. that I, she's the most sincere person that I know. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what was, what was her name again? Debbie McFalone. Debbie McFalone. Okay. Uncommon leadership, mm -hmm. live well, lead strong for courage and integrity. Is that the one? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I just, that I just looked up quickly so people can find it. Wonderful. Yeah. That thank sounds you. like a great book. I think, um, Uncommon Leadership, Live Well, Lead Strong for Courage and Integrity, Debbie McFalone. Uh, that's a great recommendation. And what I know this is, <laughs> it's always hard sometimes to pinpoint these things, but I wonder with your experience with, with Debbie, is there, what is it that you've found, because obviously she's had a profound um, influence on your life. Is there anything, are there any moments that come to mind where she's given you a piece of advice or you've you've seen her, the way she's handled something or the, the way she's listened <laughs> to you. I, I don't know. Is there anything that comes to mind that really stands out around uh, Debbie's, Debbie's journey and why she's had such a profound influence on your life? Oh gosh, there, there are, there's so, so many. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is that just um, really not only the encouragement, but the affirmation of, the skills that I have and how, you know, well, DeWitt would be lucky to have you. So stop thinking about it as you don't have the experience. You need to start thinking it of as this district would be, be really lucky to have you. Um, and, you know, I did walk away from a job and I think, I think she called me, she, I think she called me because she, she was listening in because, you know, with, with, uh, COVID, you know, all these interviews are via, via Zoom and, um, or, or conferencing and, and she was listening into the deliberations on, on one of the ones that I actually stepped away from because I felt like it wasn't a good fit and, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion are pretty important to me. And so, um, 
she called me, I think, and I was just in tears because I, I, you know, I stepped away from a job that I was really ready for and really wanted. And she said, it's not the right place and you did the right thing. Um, so I, that's, that's definitely a time I remember um, talking with Debbie and her really encouraging me that it's okay. You don't have to settle for something. You can, you can have your high standards and you can find a place that, that really um, fits within your, your vision of what you want to be and what you want to do. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. That's a, she, she sounds like a great encourager. And uh, I think um, there's some great tips in those couple of stories around how we can uh, invest in others and, uh, and be a bit like Debbie. That's wonderful. Well, let's jump into Leadership Express. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and um, uh, okay. just uh, give us sort of the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. Let's go. Okay, what is a book that you've gifted a lot to other people? Um, so I love The Energy Bus by John Gordon. Um, it's a great book, and I actually have gifted it to a lot of people, but for all of our new teachers here in DeWitt this year, that's the book that I got them because it's really easy when there are so many hardships right now and you're working so hard and um, sometimes filling in for other staff members to to get on um, the negative train. And so um, it's just a really great book about staying staying positive, um, really focusing on what we what we have control over. And it's a great short story, an easy read. And I love either suggesting the book, loaning the book or gifting the book. Great recommendation, The Energy Bus, John Gordon. Um, any great yes. podcasts uh, you're currently listening to or other sources that you find yourself reading, watching, listening to right now? So, you know, it's interesting that you've you've asked that. So Bill, uh, our, um, sorry, Ben Gil Gilpin has, um, and I don't know if he's still doing it. So I'll be quite honest with you, in the last six months, I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts um, because I've been so busy, but um, he had one on leadership that I, I really like to uh, listen to as well. And so his was following principal journeys. And that was one of the, my favorite ones, especially out on walks or whatnot. Um, yeah. And what was nice about it for me as a leader in Michigan, he was always uh, focusing on other leaders in Michigan. So it kind of helped expand our network here, here in the state. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that. What is a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Leadership lesson that I've learned for the first time or been reminded of. I think one of the most important ones, especially in the role that I've been in or even really any leadership role is the importance of building capacity. Mm. Like, you know, we can't do it all on our own. And so, you know, it's really important to find the strengths and others and, and build them up. So that way you have a whole army of people doing, doing the work. So, you know, putting in the time and effort to build that capacity within is really, really important. Yeah, that's great. What is a time management or productivity tip or a tool or resource you use? Oh gosh, Google, Google everything, um, or Siri if you're an Apple person. So, I mean, luckily, so I have both. So we do Google everything through work. Um, but you know, I have personally, I have Apple products. So I'm always using my Apple watch to send, send me reminders or, um, to, to text things, put things on my calendar. Um, but I actually put tasks on my calendar, um, because I, 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 
I'm really bad about writing post-it notes and then not being able to read my writing to know what the post-it note says. <laughs> but if I put a task, <laughs> if I put a task on my calendar, it's legible. I have a time frame to do it in. So I'm really recommending adding tasks to your calendar. Yeah, that's a great tip. Uh, speaking of tips, uh, do you have a thought around work-life balance that you'd give to other leaders? So I haven't found it yet with this new job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, I think that's another thing is when you take on a new job, you want to do things well and, um, you know, maybe, maybe don't uh, take enough of that time. So previously has, was really good. Never missed a day of riding my bike. I have a Peloton. So I think fitness exercise, getting outside are the best ways to find work, uh, life balance. Yeah. Um, most recently, what's helping me now is we just got a puppy. So um, <laughs> that is helping me find some some balance because she needs me, obviously, and um, I'm really enjoying spending that time with her. Yeah, that's I've never I've never um, had a puppy or a pet mentioned around work life balance, but that is that's <laughs> such a good. I mean, it's so true. There's just yeah, one of my one of my mates just got a. Um, a puppy and uh yeah he's just the cutest little thing and yeah he talks about how he, whenever he's at work he's sort of now he's got this um because he works a lot from home i mean everyone does <laughs> a lot recently but he, he does particularly <laughs> a lot of work from home and always has this little workmate with him um so i that's a great that's a great piece of advice um what is a great piece of advice you've received at some point Gosh, I've received so so much great advice. I don't think I would be here if I if I hadn't. Um, you said recently. Oh no, it could be um, at any point in your life. Okay, so my mom. This is really good advice that is helping me now, especially with you know things are controversial or polarized right now um, here. I think probably everywhere, but in the states. And so mm. my mom had said to me um, when I when I first took on my my first principalship that just remember if you're making everybody happy, you're probably not doing a very good job. <laughs> um, and so I remember that because, <laughs> because I'm like, you're right. Because if, you know, if you were, if everybody was happy and people are at different ends of the spectrum, then so, I mean, I think that you can have harmony and you can um, work to build and have, you know, collaborate, but, you know, you're going to make tough decisions. And when you make tough decisions, there are going to be some people who aren't happy with you. And, and my mom, that, that advice. So when I think about people who are mad at me, I think about my mom saying that. And I'm like, why are you sweating the small stuff, Shauna? You're not going to be able to make everybody happy. Oh, that's wonderful advice. Thank you for sharing that. What's a big struggle or problem uh, leaders are facing today in education, particularly school leaders? Well, the COVID, I mean, it's, you know, we're not the medical experts. And so, you know, we're listening to the medical experts and there are differences of opinions and, and yeah. um, you know, part of our parents want one thing, part of them want another. You've got staff who want one thing. And so, you know, it's, it's really tough making these decisions. And, you know, what's more important than if we're going to mask or not is how are we going to help our kids that haven't been in school for, you know, over, over a year or have uh, a year and a half to two years of delays, not only in, in their academics, because a lot of times we can catch kids up in academics, but their social, mm. emotional, and um, other, other behaviors that we're seeing. So I, it's a huge challenge. Um, 
right now. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we keep saying this, but hopefully we're kind of at the end of it or at least have learned enough over this last yeah. um, two years to, to really be able to move forward. Yeah, I, I've seen, I think uh, it's affected everyone um, in different ways and, and, and some really, you know, it's been, it's been really hard, but I think school leaders, it's been, it's been really, really tough for school leaders and for teachers. I think just the education sector has had to carry a lot in this time and, and definitely I think that's a, a good answer in terms of one of the biggest challenges right now. I really feel for school leaders. Okay, a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Oh, goodness. Um So I don't, I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, and gosh, we haven't been to the movies <laughs> since pre pre COVID. Um, Dead Poets Society. So that's an old Robin Williams movie, but that's one I think as a because I was a English language arts teacher was one that um, was pretty impactful to me. I mean, as far as engaging engaging kids and mm. and really getting them interested in learning and literature. So. I have to go with maybe more of a classic. That's there. great. Dead Poets Society. Great recommendation. And uh, now this one is always sometimes, sometimes this is hard to think of, but can you think of any quotes that you're particularly fond of for life or leadership? Yes. So I'll, I'll probably get it wrong. So it's something like this, but um, life is only 10% of what happens to you, but 90% how you respond to it. So mm. that one is a, is a huge one. And I can't give the author credit. I know if you Google that quote, like 90%, um, how you respond to it, the author will come up, but, um, that's so true. I mean, it's, it's all our outlook and, and how we, how we look at things. And so, you know, bad stuff happens to bad people everywhere, but if you realize that how fortunate you are and what you have to be grateful for and all of the important work that you could be a part of. Um, more so than this, you know, stuff with COVID that's going on, uh, we can, we can move forward faster. So I think that's really, really important to think about what is your, what is your outlook? My daughter tells me not everybody can be perfectly positive mom, <laughs> but, um, I do think it helps. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great quote. Uh, what about a tip for finding and keeping great talent? Hmm. So I think that that's going to be that appreciation piece. And I know some people will tell you, well, you know, money, money talks. And I think that that's important for a lot of people, but I myself, and I know plenty of others that have worked for less pay in a place to where you feel appreciated. You feel that you're a part of the team, a part of um, the vision and mission, um, and that your that your skill set is appreciated more so than um, the financial piece. So I think that that would that would probably be the one that I would choose the most. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, two more. If you could only give one piece of of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Go for it. <laughs> uh, love your people. Go for it and love your people. Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, the last question, what's the best thing you're doing at the moment um, as a leader or, you know, at, across DeWitt 
you know, uh, public schools, just, just one thing you're doing where you go, yeah, that's, that's actually just working really well and other leaders should know about it. So, you know, I've talked a lot about praise. And so one of the things that we have, we have a foundation and uh, parents, well, anyone from the community can go on and do a point, uh, a, a point of pride or a, we call them pride awards for any staff member in the district. So it could be a teacher, it could be a bus driver, it could be food service. And so my, the best part of my job is being able to deliver the certificates and um, they get a little lapel pen because somebody in the community wanted to highlight them. So I think it's really important work. We've talked about praise. Um, we also share those on our social media, but um, that's one of the, the best parts of my job is because when I go do that, I'm getting into a classroom or I'm getting into an office. I'm, I'm able to actually to, to see people and um, share with them the impact that they're having on our, on our students, our parents and our community. Yeah, that's that's a great initiative. And I think uh, there's something in that that a lot of leaders uh, might uh, get a new idea for what they can do in their context. Uh, well, for uh, for people listening who might be really uh, just loving some of your advice and, and wanting to connect online, are you on um, you know LinkedIn, Twitter? Is there anywhere people can find you online, Shauna? Yeah, so S. Bickard um, on both Twitter and LinkedIn. So my first initial, S, and then Spickard. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I like, I like I said through today's episode, I really believe there'll be some of you who have been putting off something or thinking, no, I can't do that. And then I think today's episode with Shauna, there'll be a few people going, okay, just do it um, and love my people. You know, there's <laughs> some great advice from today. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, we also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast where I give you uh, more just tips on well-being and and tips on on leadership and how to build culture and the leadership question of the day where I put a, a stone in your shoe and ask you a different question every day to help you grow as a leader. Uh, but to finish today, I really just want to say a massive thank you uh, to Shauna for being so generous with your time and sharing your story and stories of um, uh, your parents and, and from your life. Uh, I, it's been really enriching and um, I've gotten a lot out of it and I know listeners are going to really love hearing today and they're going to learn a lot. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest 
or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.